Welcome to the iSmart Podcast Show with Tom Rogers, founder and CEO of iSmart Networks. We help connect entrepreneurs with key partnerships to build financial freedom. The average millionaire has seven streams of income, and our guests reveal how they created multiple streams in their businesses. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around for the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you could be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily transformational podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Okay, so thanks for joining iSmart Podcast. On the show, we have Natasha Ahmed. She actually left Google and founded Flowstack um, as the head of digital growth, working with over 500 global brands like MultiChoice, uh, Africa, number one telecommunication company uh, in Africa, Amazon Web Services, and so many other brands. Thank you, Natasha, for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So what is Flowstack and what do you do and how did you get all these companies to work with you? <laughs> so we, um, we're a digital agency and we help e-commerce and tech companies by creating strategies for their digital advertising, so paid ads primarily on Google, Facebook, Instagram, and some more emerging social media platforms like Snapchat, um, TikTok, Twitter, and, and Reddit. Yeah, it's amazing. It's fantastic. And how did you kind of go from leaving Google? Like, I mean, I think we're all going to be interested in hearing how, how why you decided to leave Google. And then, mm -hmm. you know, because that's a great, you know, job to have. It's a great company, right? You can make a lot of money. Um, and then you decided to start your own marketing firm. How did that whole, you know, thing happen? Yeah, so it was kind of a, a nice transition because I decided that Google wasn't for me. And it was just overall, like the big company aspect of it wasn't for me. And I decided to go to more of a contract role as kind of the stepping stone. So I moved from San Francisco to San Diego, working for a startup in a contract. And by the time my contract ended, I was like, okay, I gotta do something. Uh, so I actually started teaching yoga at the time just for fun. And meanwhile, I was building presence online on freelancer platforms and LinkedIn. And um, I got some momentum going after a while. It took some time, but I got some momentum going probably after six months. And I was getting good reviews on the freelancer platform, getting referrals on LinkedIn. And then business just snowballed from there. So I was taking on a lot of clients. Um, at some points, it was more clients than I could handle. And yeah. that was kind of a, a growing pain, too. So it was about uh, five years ago. I was able to, yeah, this was five years ago. So was the and, first year like really uh, challenging or like, or was it just like you were kind of like learning, you know, how to grow a business and how to take care of these clients like independently? Um, you know, I mean, the first three years are pretty much like startup years, right? So uh, was it, was it very like that or did you just kind of had just a really nice steady growth period? You know, I didn't intend to found an agency when I started freelancing. So I took on these clients that were either agencies themselves and subcontracting me for hourly rates or like a home improvement guy down the street. I would start taking on these really small clients. And then I started to uh, get bigger clients reaching out to me. And I realized that, hey, I need some help. 
So it started to grow more organically where I hired in a contractor to help me with the things that I, I guess some more the, the more detailed things, whereas I was handling more of the strategy. So I found that nice divide there of what I could handle and what I was handing off to him. And we created a good working relationship and he still works for me 40 hours a week um, as of now. So yeah, yeah I've worked cool. with him for, for three and a half years. Awesome. And so with, uh, with Flowstack, um, how, how many different revenue streams have you created from it over the past five years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So first it was freelancing and then, um, moving into more of the agency model. And within that model, we've done subcontracting for other agencies. So I have a good relationship with a couple of agencies here in San Diego and anytime they have an overflow, um, they need, they need support they'll subcontract us some projects or a whole client. Right. So I really say it's, it's two revenue streams. We have our direct clients and we have our subcontract clients. Okay. So direct, direct brands that, you know, you're working with on a regular basis and then kind of like these other companies need you for little gigs here and there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really exciting because they have a different mix of clients and I get to go in the office if they're in San Diego and I get that, you know, that camaraderie of the big right. office thing I always had That's in my fun. growing up in my career. And, um, and yeah, it's good to see how they do their operations too, because we can always learn from each other, them being a larger agency and us being a smaller agency. There's Definitely. a lot of cross learning there. Yeah. Um, so, so primary focus is like pay-per-click Google ads. Do you do like ad development as far as video development or like anything like that? Or are they creating the content? And you're just, um, you know, ensuring that's going to the right demographic and right audience. Yeah. So as of now, they're creating the content. It's actually gotten pretty easy to create video content with all the technology platforms out there for creative development. Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't end up being much of a roadblock. But um, that said, I would love to expand into being able to create um, those kind of creative for clients. Yeah. No, definitely. It's a great space to go into in another revenue stream, right? Um, yeah. with, the, with the number one telecom company in Africa, what did you guys do specifically with them? We were managing all of their paid media. So when, when you're working with a, a giant company like an enterprise company, there tends to be a lot of new product initiatives. There's a big marketing calendar that's very detailed. Of, okay, we're going to push um, this sale in the next two weeks, and then we're coming out with a new product. And Oh, football's happening, and we're going to push on that. So there was a lot of moving parts, and it was really exciting because it reminded me of when I was working on Procter & Gamble at the Search Marketing Agency Catalyst because there were always new initiatives for products coming out there. So within yeah. digital marketing and, and the paid ad space, you kind of have two types of clients. You have the clients that are really heavy into new initiatives, and there's always something new to develop, and there are the ones that are just want to make sales and let's tweak and optimize and with what we have. Um, and Hey, any ideas for new types of campaigns? Right. So you just adjust your campaigns and everything based upon what the client needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with the second type of client I mentioned, like primarily e-commerce clients, there's less of the, um, there's less of the brand awareness need and the goals are more sales and return on ad spend. So it's really, it's still creative because we get to come up with new ways to optimize their campaigns, new channels to get into to achieve that. Uh, but it's different than working with um, a company like Multi-Choice and Procter & Gamble where they want to use search for brand awareness. 
Yeah, it's so different, right? So you're you're just really yeah. good with analytics and numbers and going through and just like making sure that it's a profitable campaign. Yeah, I've had to be good at both because <laughs> <laughs> I do have I have had both types of clients like in um and you have a really creative side to you too, I'm assuming. So yeah. it's like you have a yeah. creative side, but you're also like analytical. So it's kind of like yes. thinking outside the box. Yeah. It's really good for companies. You know, you need that. You need both sides. You need, you know, a creative side, you know, you're stepping out and you're risking it. At the same time, you know, you're not like overspending or being, you know, uh, ignorant or, you know, knowledgeable about what's going on. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. um, so, so are, I know you just went through a recent rebranding uh, with the company. Uh, what was the reason for that? Is it just you're kind of just focused on new different ways or just after five years, you just wanted to like spice it up a little bit? Yeah, there's a, there's a reason for that. So we started out with just taking on all kinds of clients, like I mentioned, sometimes even local businesses. And we kind of got into a groove of how, what we do best for who. And we narrowed it down to e-commerce and tech companies. Mm -hmm. So part of the rebrand is narrowing in that focus. And um, when you are looking to work more with those types of companies, you want to position your brand in a way that is going to align with, with them. Right. No, that's super smart. I mean, you got a niche, right? I mean, there's, we have, a, we've had lots of marketers on the show um, and they kind of just focus on their thing, social media management or, you know, mm -hmm. pay per click ad spend, or they do video production. Some of them just do, you know, they, they do, you know, website development for WordPress and then they do, you know, ad spend and marketing to get people to go to your WordPress or some people build funnels. Right. So, you know, like mm -hmm. e-com and, you know, it's just such a huge business right now um, because of the whole pandemic and everything that's going on. Everyone's buying everything online. And if businesses haven't been able to shift online, you know, they need to uh, because, you know, we know that things are just going to keep on being shut down. And, um, so you're focusing on e-com businesses and I'm assuming that, you know, businesses have gotten a lot of stimulus checks, a lot of stimulus money, PPP <laughs> money, right? Mm -hmm. um, all that free money from Trump. And they've been utilizing your services probably to get e-com businesses, you know, either going or just, you know, getting traffic to them and managing their campaigns. How has this whole pandemic kind of affected your business? Yeah, I think so what you said has really affected how our flow and our like RFPs, request for proposals. And it's it's been a lot, I think, of medium-sized e-commerce businesses that were doing their advertising either themselves or they had a less experienced freelancer doing a lot of it and decided, you know, with all this time at home, on their business rather than in their business and set a plan to level up their marketing. And um, I my theory is that's why we've been getting a lot of these businesses reaching out to us and they've kind of validated that when I asked them. So yeah, it's been good. I think all this time at home has really helped um, a lot of us be more creative. Definitely. Like pivot yeah. from where we were. And, yeah. Yeah. And just, I mean, like, you know, everyone knows that we're just like changing and adapting to this kind of new normal and, you know, having someone, you know, like you and your team that can ensure that the ad spend is, really profitable, um, at mm -hmm. the end of the day is, is incredibly important. Um, mm -hmm. so, you know, is there anything that you're looking for? You know, you just went to a, a new rebranding, you know, we have lots of phenomenal, um, entrepreneurs and, and people that listen to the show. Um, mm -hmm. is there anything you're looking for right now as far as, you know, maybe part of that rebranding or part of that focusing or, um, anything you need help with, like as you continue to grow? Yeah, actually, 
Business development is something that uh, we've been looking into expanding on. So even though we do have leads coming in, we would like to have a dedicated person to um, handling those leads and reaching out to our ideal clients as well. So uh, definitely open to talking to somebody about that and also expanding the team. So we still have a need for, for people to join the team. And ideally in San Diego, but at this point, everyone's remote anyway. So yeah, you can go anywhere. I find that you get, you get a, a nicer pool of candidates when you look nationally or even internationally. So I'm not, I'm not opposed to that at all. And it, it's just nice dedicated. to be able to meet someone that's working with you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So not a Fiverr person and not someone that you're just right. to randomly exactly, do a job yeah. across the And besides across that, the, the, the whole entrepreneur community. And I think this is something that I personally have been missing is having a, a community or regular meetings or events with other entrepreneurs because meeting other entrepreneurs makes me feel less crazy <laughs> <laughs> and it makes me feel um, like validated for the things that, you know, I go through and the yeah. struggles and, and learn from other people as well and be able no. to help, help people. Who yeah, are definitely. Out. You know, and I think, I think the fellow entrepreneurs that are listening to the show should reach out to Natasha. So that way she, uh, you can fill that gap. <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> um, Natasha, how do they get a hold of you if they want to fulfill that kind of business? Um, business development kind of position or maybe reach out to you and have a conversation with you. Um, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah. So I, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn um, in slash Natasha Ahmed. And you can easily find me by searching my full name or I'm at Natasha at Flowstack PPC. That's F L O W S T A Q PPC.com. Fantastic. Yeah, it's really easy to get a hold of her, guys. Um, so thanks, Natasha, for being on the show. It's really exciting. I'm glad that you're doing well during this whole um, pandemic and you're continuing to grow and the rebranding looks fantastic. So um, we'll have to touch base a little bit later this year and see how things are going. But, uh, but have a good rest of the day and we'll talk soon. Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks so much. You too. Thanks for listening to the iSmart Podcast Show. If you are a business owner with multiple streams of income or professional who would like to be on the daily program, please visit iSmartNetworks.com slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with hashtag iSmartPodcast. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? We'll promote you and your business to our media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up? In your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. While you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow. That's right. Seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the iSmart Podcast.